Everyone's looking for, it's exactly right on my LinkedIn profile, time and financial freedom. I challenge everyone to take a step back and figure out what you want. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders Podcast, a show where we interview high voltage entrepreneurs growing and scaling through e-commerce, real estate, and other Wealth Without Wall Street ventures, showing you the path to making your first or next million. Hey folks, thanks for joining the call. I appreciate you spending some time with me here in the podcast. As you know, we talk a lot about e-commerce and business on this podcast, but every once in a while, uh, if you've been a listener of mine or you're going to go back at some point and listen to the podcast, you'll know we talk about anything that has to do with what I consider to be high voltage business, businesses that are strong, have strong leadership, serve a purpose, and obviously are ran by good people. We talk about real estate. We talk about sometimes investing, not always, because as you guys know, my main mantra is alternative wealth without Wall Street. And so I like to talk about what people are doing that doesn't just require standard investing and 401ks and this kind of stuff. As you know, we built a lot in the physical space with e-commerce. We've talked about real estate on here. We've talked about flipping and Airbnbs and all kinds of fun stuff. One thing we haven't covered in detail is franchising. So I thought it would be good uh, to bring someone in who's an expert who lives that daily and weekly and monthly and talk about the franchising opportunities, the pros, the cons, and probably debunking some myths about franchising. And so as we were discussing this a minute ago on another podcast that we were recording where the technology completely failed, <laughs> um, we're going to do this again. So we're going to start with the myths, I think, that are, you know, at least ones that I think that exist or I kind of know people have questions about. And we'll start in with that. How about we go from there? Sounds good. So a lot of the, the so myth number one or the main myth is it's all fast food and, yeah. and restaurants, which it is not. There's uh, 4,000 franchise companies and 70 plus industries. So there's really a franchise for everyone. And then we were talking on, on, on the first try, as far as the investment, you had asked if it was $500,000 to a million dollars, I don't have that kind of money. So how can I afford a franchise? Yeah. And so really franchising the investment levels are all, all over. There's under well under 100,000 to well over a million dollars, depending on what you're looking at. And the, and yeah. the restaurants that when there's a build out involved, obviously the investment's going to be much greater, but you have uh, investments that could be in the hundred thousand between a hundred and 200,000 range. And it could be business coaching. It could be a, a residential cleaning franchise. So there, there's lots of options and there's lots of funding options as well. Uh, should you not have the capital, you know, we, we work with a partner that'll show you how to fund it. Excellent. So obviously with 4,000 opportunities, there is a lot to choose from. Mm. What do you normally help people understand about themselves if they come in saying, well, I don't know which of those things I might be most interested in. How do you help them determine what might be a good path from them if they don't have any idea? Yeah. So we reverse engineer. Let's work in, in reverse and figure out what are you trying to accomplish? As you mentioned, there's many vehicles, there's many paths, right? Is it e-commerce, franchising, real estate? investments in Wall Street, it doesn't just have to be one. It could be a combination is what I tell everyone. I am invested in the stock market and I've owned franchises as well as non-franchise businesses. So really figuring out why you're doing this and let's figure out if business ownership and a franchise is a good fit. Yeah. In many cases, it's not. And yeah. uh, you know, people ask, well, how do I know it's not a good fit? And I said, well, you have to be able and, and be open to a process. You're not creating the brand from scratch. So you have to be okay with running with an existing brand and having what I call the unfair advantage and being able to go to training and be up and running in as little as 30 or 60 days where you may not have that with a brand new startup. But obviously with a startup, you have those advantages of being able to create the entire system from scratch. So I don't call it pros and cons or anything like that. It's really what are you looking for and what do you prefer? 
Yeah. Um, so if we work in reverse and figure out where you want to be located, how much do you want to invest? What do your employees look like? Are they W-2 employees? Are they 1099 contractors? Do you want to keep that number lower or do you not care? Once we figure out the guts, the blueprint of the actual business, then we explore two or three franchise companies that match that blueprint, exactly that, that model that we created together. What do you find most people are looking for in terms of those answers, just as a general? They're, every, everyone's looking for, it's exactly right on my LinkedIn profile, time and financial freedom. I hear right. that every day. I hate missing my kid's soccer practice. Uh, I feel like I don't have a future with my corporate job. I want a better life. And mm -hmm. they're just, they're stuck. They don't know where to start. And most people start looking directly at businesses and then settling, you know? This business is doing well. It's seven days a week. Maybe it's a restaurant, nights, weekends, holidays. They settle, settle, settle because they feel like, I like the product, but I'll settle and do it anyway. I challenge everyone to take a step back and say, figure out what you want. And there is a franchise out of 4,000 companies. We're bound to find a franchise to match what you're looking for. So let's you know work in reverse and I'll help you there. But everyone's looking for the same thing, time and financial freedom. And then you know, you, you really have to figure out the vehicles. What's the vehicle that you can get that, that can get you there that will have maybe the smoothest ride that you'll enjoy. You live once, yeah. so do what you enjoy. Well, everybody wants to jump in the luxury vehicle right out of the gate, right? But what do you recommend for those who are brand new with no business experience, let's say, in owning and operating or entrepreneurialism? What is the best way to look at approaching this from, you know, mindset, from time, from money perspective? figure it all out. What's your current situation? If there is no way, so a starting point would be, if there's no way you can leave your job to run this business, you know, what will it take to be able to, to leave your job? What's the, is the long-term plan to leave the job after a year and dive in full-time? Uh, many franchise companies will allow you to run the business semi-absentee, meaning part-time with a manager and others will, I just recorded a show this morning, will require you to be full-time in the business if you can't put in 40 hours a week, at least for the first six months, they will not approve you for the franchise. So, so that's one. And then figuring out what's your true skill set, because a Blyans franchise and window coverings franchise, people are going to say, I don't have any experience. 99% of the time, at least with the companies we work with, you don't need any experience. The franchise company is looking for that skill set. So you're in home service. If you're not good with people, talking to people, presenting and things like that, that may not be the right fit for you. There are other businesses that require to be more of a manager and manage more of the behind the scenes because the franchisor is really handling the marketing and sales. So if you can really figure out what the skill set is, what you enjoy doing, essentially the franchisee's role, that'll help rule out a lot of different businesses. Yeah. And it, when I looked at franchising a long time ago, my uncle was like, well, if you're, if you're going to get new, you're going to leave your corp job and you want to get started, you should try to franchise. And I was like, okay, you know, what franchises? And so I did some research into it for a little bit. You know, 1-800-GOT-JUNK was just mm -hmm. starting up. It was brand new and just coming online. I don't know how big they are now. I assume if I still see the trucks, which I, I did the other day, they're, they're still running. But there was the idea of running a dump truck service. <laughs> so there was an app to like, well, I don't want to do that. There was an aptitude thing or a mindset thing that I had there that was just like, I don't want to do that. Mostly because I didn't want to be local, right? I didn't want to run it from my shop, but it sounds like you don't have to, right? I mean, I could run something or be a part of something that's operating around the world that I don't even have to be in front of, right? Yeah, mo most of the businesses are, we cover the US and Canada, so it's going to be, they give you a general territory. So, so just say you're in New Jersey, it may be, depending on the franchise, it may be 50,000 in population. That That's kind of your, the territory that you're going to work within. In other cases, 
it's going to be based off of, they'll have different requirements. What's the average household income? Because it is a high ticket item. Something like executive recruitment and then a few other, other options, they'll allow you to kind of cover the entire US with the caveat, you're going to basically work your local market, but your customers can come from all over the place because if it's a corporate location in New Jersey and they have offices in all 50 states, obviously yeah. you can continue to work with them. So you will work within, if it's a physical location, it's going to be within a certain radius before the next one could open. And if it's a service-based business, typically it's going to be a certain population or territory size. What are some of the hottest franchises you're seeing right now in terms of you know opportunity, upside potential, and maybe the most you're recommending based on profiles and stuff? What are you seeing right now? So a lot of the people that are calling me are not ready to leave their job right out the gate. So that falls in the category of semi-absentee ownership and an area that's that's really just taken off during via COVID and it continues to grow is home service. Anything in the home service space from blinds to painting to picking up pet waste removal, mosquito spraying has been a huge one because a lot of people, although you know, talking to friends and family, they are going back to work. They're not going back to work five days a week. Some are going back. Some are. Some aren't going back at all. And then you have people that are going back a few days a week. So people are still home. They are seeing the cracks in their walls and requiring painting, enjoying their yards a lot more. And, and the mosquitoes are an issue. So the home service space is definitely growing. I mean, it's just growing year over year. Uh, the investments tend to be lower because it requires a small infrastructure, a small team where you hire maybe a general manager, a salesperson, and a couple technicians on average, and it's going to vary, obviously. And the franchisor will provide you a mobile showroom, a vehicle that's completely tailored to that business where in many cases, no no office needed and the marketing and call center and everything are provided for you. So you know, it's a smaller investment compared to brick and mortar retail, and there's a ton of demand. On the flip side, on the, on the B2B side, coaching, anything around reducing the expense of a business. Companies are small companies. There are companies out there struggling and they're looking to reduce their expenses or increase via COVID. Yeah. They're looking to shift and maybe they had an in-person business that they've converted to a virtual business. So coaching has been huge and they've basically helped that small business stay afloat and maybe transition into either a different business, different revenue stream, or just different way of going about doing business. You speak from experience. How many franchises have you owned? I've owned two franchises. We've owned non-franchise. We were in the restaurant business. So, and I've been a corporate exec, three mergers, three layoffs. So I've been around the block and my recommendation is business ownership isn't for everyone. So mm -hmm. I'm not here to say franchising for everyone. It's really got to be, it's all about the match and it's helped me personally yeah. achieve time and financial freedom. Yeah, well, you, make, you make a good point. We were just talking about this on a podcast yesterday that you know not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I, I know that it has a lot of upside, obviously. I know that there is time and freedom on the other side of what I call a lifestyle-driven business, but there are so many people who've gotten themselves into a situation that they're in business, not just for themselves, but in the company or corporate or situation that they're driving, that they're, they've used that vehicle to try to create a lifestyle and have sort of at times become entrapped in that system through the needs, the wants, <laughs> right? you know, in the past, it was debt for me that caused me to kind of slave against the system a bit. And that, because of that, I had to make compromises and choices I would not otherwise make right. in it. So there is risk involved in any of these, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a business, a, a franchise. I don't like to call it the franchise industry. I, I call the industry could be painting and you can go mom and pop, you can start yeah. your own business or you could be a franchise, but 
there's going to be risk. Obviously, I don't like to use numbers. I always say the risk is the odds are going to be a little bit more in your favor if you have the right company behind you to help you, you know, economies of scale, getting you just better pricing on on paint. If we look at the painting business, uh, helping you get your manpower. If you're a contractor, you may go to your local paint shop and, and they'll uh, put together a system to bring you the labor, the 1099s yeah. or the W-2. So you definitely want to decrease the odds of failure, but absolutely, there's always a risk. I, I just did a podcast, Why Franchisees Fail. Number one was you bought the wrong franchise. You just bought it because your neighbor was doing really well with a fast food franchise. So you felt like you could do the same, not realizing what was involved. Another one, and actually this is the number one reason, you don't follow the system. And if you're listening to this show and you want to buy a McDonald's franchise to, and your plan is to introduce menu items, and that's how you're going to be successful, I would say don't buy a franchise. The $5 foot long was introduced by franchisees. And that comes, you know, that could definitely come up and you're going to have some input, but you're really buying the franchise for the system to get up and running quickly. It's not to change the system. You need to follow the system to be successful or else I, I would just maybe look elsewhere if you're not. Well, and that is the risk that all entrepreneurs who try to start up with, you know, programs or courses or other things tend to fall into that gap of the, the work and the expectation of putting in time and effort to get it up. I think the idea is that if I got involved in this right now, all of a sudden my time and freedom is going to be there. Right. And the thing you're saying and the thing I would echo in my own experience is, you know, there's a hill to climb first. There's a bell curve to get over, which is going to be that work and that time and energy and effort. But on the other side of that is that more time and freedom aspect. Unless you're buying an existing business, which most franchises are not existing businesses in terms of what you're buying into. You're buying into a startup franchise, typically, right? A new building location or service you're going to create that isn't existing, right? Or can you buy into existing franchises that are already operating? You could do both. And to your point, backing up a second, absolutely. You're not throwing money at it and hopefully the franchise is going to run itself. There's a lot of work, so it's, yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. You got to learn the system. You have to hire your employees if you need to find a location and build out. So there's definitely That's time work. involved. But yeah, we clear on that expectation, right? Yeah, I have to end the other myth, by the way. You know, you can't lose money with the franchise. Well, we just covered that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you it's can an, lose money in anything. <laughs> it's, it's an investment, right? It's like, oh, I can't lose money in the stock market. Yes, you can. Yeah. So yeah. yes, we, we also deal with resales. So there, we put our broker hat on, on an occasion. And believe it or not, franchise re resales from at least the companies we work with are extremely low. And people say, well, why isn't there inventory? Aren't people selling? Do they just hold on to these things forever? Hmm. And what we're hearing talking with the hundreds of companies we work with is that the neighboring franchisees are buying each other out. Why are oh, they doing that? And it's because before it hits the market, they call up and say, hey, I'm on the east side of New Jersey. You're on the west side. You know the business. You can easily pick this up, save the broker fee, which is the charge that you know to, yep. to sell the business. Yep. And there's no learning curve. You could just pick up from, from where I left off. And that's uh -huh. been the number one way franchise companies to grow, whether they didn't like the business, they're mm -hmm. retiring, someone got mm -hmm. sick in the family, we hear it all, but we deal with resales, but they're very few. It's a great growth strategy after you think about it in terms of how do I you know, replicate this process into multiple franchises of success would be to just be looking for those opportunities to buy out other franchisees near your area or opening your market share. Yep, it's quick. Obviously, you're going to pay a premium and you still have to do your due diligence, you know the brand, but you want to make sure that the territory was run correctly you know, you don't have thousands of unhappy customers, but there are different growth strategies. You can buy additional brand new territory and expand that. So if you know the brand, if you're in the painting business, you can just expand by buying additional territory, or you can 
stay within your local market and buy complementary brands. There's a lot of parent companies that offer 10 different home service concepts. So if you're in the painting, I keep going to painting, but I don't know why painting is on my mind. But <laughs> if you're in the painting business and you know, and you have 200 customers, you can pick up another brand such as cleaning yeah. and say, hey, by the way, you're happy with the service. We also provide cleaning. Would you be interested in that? And that's a Mar quick way to upsell, reduces your acquisition costs, and it's one additional investment, obviously, and, and a little bit of learning, obviously, to get into that other business, but stay within your local market. If I want to make, say, 100K a year in profit, right? I want to take home 10K a month-ish, roughly, in take-home, net to me. What do I need to, you know, what kind of franchise or situation should I expect that to produce that kind of income? Yeah, there, there's a lot. We have to be careful with anything with earnings. So each of the franchise companies will give you an item seven, which is an itemized listing of your investment on the low end and on the high end. And it covers everything. It's not just the franchise fee. It's working capital, tech capital, working capital, things like that. And they'll give you a low end and a high end. And then they'll give you an item 19. Not every franchise does it. Some of the newer brands can't, but they'll give you average revenues, average profitabilities. Every company does it differently. And, and it's not mandatory. If they don't include it, it'll just say we opted out. But at the end of the day, all great information, but you'll gather the info based off of how you are looking to run that business. Because you, you Yakov, so the advantage of, of franchising, and it's not a guarantee, it's just an advantage, is that you can talk to the all the people that did this before you, just like they're buying a franchise now. You get to talk to dozens of franchisees one-on-one, -on -one, recorded calls, group calls, webinars, and things like that, and ask them, what was your true investment? Was it in line? Did COVID affect the, the costs in any way? You know, What kind of money are you making per territory? Because if you're running this semi-absentee part-time, you're not giving 40 hours, your, your full resources, or I should say your full time to this. So you have to factor in, okay, I, I'm going to have to hire a general manager to run the day-to-day. -day. But when speaking with the franchisees, you'll speak with those semi-absentee owners and just say, how long did it take you to go to training? You know, what was the true investment and what is the amount of money that each territory can yield? Because at the end of the day, if your goal is to make 200,000 and they're telling you, well, it's generating about a hundred thousand per territory after the first year or two, then, you know, you may want to look at two territories or really double down the efforts on that one. Gross. So the advantage there is that when you buy more territory, obviously it doesn't mean you're going to make necessarily more money out, out the gate, but you have that, you lock in that future expansion so that no other franchise owner can kind of buy in and buy the territory next to you. Yeah. So something Very to gross. consider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, look, I mean, I don't think I asked all the questions that some of the folks might have listening to this and they may be like, ask this question, ask this question. If I didn't get to it today, guys on the podcast, you're more than welcome to reach out. The links will be here. How do they get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to, you know, get those other questions asked? Yeah. So right, right on the website, everything is there. So it's my initials. My name is very hard to spell. So GG, the franchise guide, and that's G-U-I-D-E. So GG, the franchise guide.com. It has my podcast. We cover just about every topic related to business. We have a webinar. If you're thinking of leaving your job and going into to business, a free copy of my book that we actually wrote two years ago during the pandemic. If you're more of a reader and we cover 25 of your top FAQs. So everything is there. Feel free to absorb that info. And then when you're ready and only when you're ready, book a call. We'll set up a 20 minute call and figure out together if franchising may be a good fit. A lot of great assets there, a free book, a webinar, and more information you can probably get to. A lot of your other questions asked. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time with me. Thanks, Neil. It was great. Thank you. 
If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders. 